And welcome to this edition of the Big Lou in the Bronx podcast. AGP back again. We're going to talk about the cornerback position today, but something I want to get into. Um, obviously, I have a message, but that will probably be in just about 20 seconds. Today, um, unfortunately, due to some of my computer issues, I will not be doing the green screen. This is the blue screen that I do use uh, or have been using for the last couple of Big Blue in the Bronx episodes. So uh, you finally get to see the blue screen over here. Uh, but I still have the MetLife Stadium background. I still have the graphic up above. Uh, but going into the topic I wanted to talk about before we get into the cornerback position is that for the last couple of days or I would say a couple of weeks, I've been trying with my friend Jordan Levine and my brother to sort of restructure Uncut Sports News and make it a better website. Uh, we started back in December. What does that have to do with this, you ask? What it has to do with it is because um, I thought to myself... I need to restructure my content. I need to retool it. And I love the 107 subscribers that I have on this channel. I love the engagement that I get, kind of. Um, I love the followers. I love the followers on Instagram, followers on Twitter. But my essential point is that I need to build bigger. And unfortunately, with the way I'm doing things right now, it's only growing slower. Um, if it wasn't... To be honest with you, if it wasn't for me popping on the Hubs channel, if it wasn't me for me, if it wasn't for me popping on the Entertainers channel, if it wasn't for me popping on Croppizzle's channel during all the live streams that he had during the season, I would probably be still sitting at about 50 subscribers. About, I would say. And I thank all those appearances to the people who let me on the channel, of course. Um, but my point is, is that me, myself, and I need to do better marketing strategy, a better strategy of creating content, a better strategy of just creating uh, stuff on the YouTube platform. Also podcasting, also Instagram and Twitter, that is a whole different uh, world. Uh, podcasting and YouTube need to go together because I need to get engagement on both. And why I said kind of like the engagement is because that I only get one comment once in a while and only get 16 views per uh, video and I only get like let's say how many likes the biggest view videos are probably my live streams and I only get so much engagement from there as well so I'm going to build this back I'm going to build it better uh, for you guys, for myself, for everyone so that they can come on here um, that I could grow bigger with fans and I want this to work because in the past I've started YouTube channels probably don't remember none of you even knew who I was before April 17th um, but my point is is that before I had YouTube channels and I didn't even really know what I was doing I never got to this point and I want to keep this going so obviously I'm going to start retooling my channel a little bit probably use a different video editor spend a little bit more money towards this uh, which means that Friday I will not be having an episode come out despite the fact that it was supposed to be the partial top 30 forgotten Yankees for myself it's not going to be that way and unfortunately um no podcast episode will be out I am collaborating with Giants Brawl or at least one of the guys from Giants Brawl podcast next Monday um so that will be fun they're a funny podcast if you haven't checked them out they're not your organic you know uh, give you the stats give you this give you that they're a funny podcast that likes to crap on a lot of the uh Twitter bugs out there uh Similar to Pizzle in a way, but not similar. So go check them out if you haven't already, the Giants Brawl podcast. 
Uh, but that's just, you know, giving you guys a heads up towards what is going on in the next couple of weeks. So let's get into it. So this is a highly debated position for the New York Giants. Cornerback. For the Giant fans, for the Giants as an organization. Obviously, this year we had a lot of rotating corners. Um, not as bad as 2019, though. So let's start with who we have at that position currently. James Bradbury, Jaron Williams, Quincy Wilson, Sam Beal, Ryan Lewis, Darnay Holmes, Isaac Yadam, Julian Love, and Madre Harper. So only a few slim of those played snaps for the Giants this season. Jaron Williams, he played special team snaps. That was it. Quincy Wilson, he played, like, how many snaps for the Jets and then got cut. James Bradbury, obviously we all know the story. Sam Beal opted out, did not play any snaps. Donnie Holmes uh, missed three games but played a lot of snaps in those games. Madre Harper, special teams guy, only played like a handful of snaps uh, when he contributed on the field and was a uh, cornerback for partially in the Philly game. Uh, Julian Love, mostly safety, came down corner towards the end of the season and played well. Um, Isaac Yadam, rotating in and out, didn't really have any injuries throughout the year. I think he had one maybe that caused him out, I think, of... One of the other games, I don't remember. Um, but obviously, also Ryan Lewis, one of the rotating corners as well. So obviously, the Giants need to fix up that position. And this is one of the highly debated positions among Giant fans. Where should we take them? Where should we take a corner? What round? Should we spend money on a corner? Let's answer that right now. So, I'm going to start by giving you guys the stats. So James Bradbury, and this is obviously cornerback stats. You guys can look it up on Sports Reference specifically profootballreference.com 61.5 completion percentage against 56 for 91 580 yards four touchdowns 80.8 passer rating three interceptions 18 pass deflections you move to isaac yadam and you have to take this with a grain of salt i said this in my pre-recording unfortunately it did not work because the green screen was messing up with obia studio and that's the problem i've been having the last couple of weeks uh with this uh green screen in OBS studio but doesn't matter so you have to take this with a grain of salt and Isaac Yadam yeah it says he's 6-1 but he's a weak tackler he's not really a strong corner and he's stronger than me obviously I'm not going to say I'm stronger than anybody else or whatever but he's a weak tackler um he's not very tall I think he when he gets matchups on him he is very undersized so that's something that the Giants will have to take about, you know, taller corners, more physical corners. Uh, Yadam, 61.7 completion percentage, 37 for 60, 480 yards, 6 touchdowns, 121.1 passer rating, and 5 pass deflections. Move down to Julian Love. Again, take this with a grain of salt because here, Julian Love, of course, played some safety. 71% completion, 22 for 31. 302 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 109.9 pass rating, and three pass, three pass deflections. Darnay Holmes, take this one with a grain of salt as well. You probably have to do this for all of them. But he got better towards the end of the year. Obviously, penalties were an issue. Uh, also, note to that as well, you know, the pass rating. Because you could say, and I'm going to go over the stats and then I'll go over it. 75% completion, 33 for 44. Zero touchdowns, which is very good. Um, I think he was the only DB in his class that started and never gave up a touchdown. 87.2 passer rating, interception against Russell Wilson, and five pass deflections. What I mean by taking with a grain of salt in this situation. What do I mean by it? 75% completion. A lot of quarterbacks targeted him because he's a rookie, 
and he's not, you know, there with growth, and, you know, he's not going to be James Bradbury day one. We know this. Um, but with the 87.2 passer rating, which is another stat you have to take with a grain of salt, it's pretty low for a corner like Darnie Holmes. You look at Julian Love and Isaac Yadam, they have over 100 passer rating. James Bradbury, under 100 with 80.8. So again, take that with a grain of salt, will you? So Ryan Lewis, again, take it with a grain of salt because he only played a handful of games, and you have to take note of what he gave up. Week 5, he gave up that huge reception to Michael Gallup, which basically set up the Greg Zerline game-winning field goal. And you also take into account that he gave up a reception to John Hightower, which set up the Eagles in Week 7 to score the game-winning touchdown. So 52.6 completion percentage, uh, 10 for 19, 0 touchdowns, 83 passer rating, no interceptions, one pass deflection. Madre Harper played a little bit in the Eagles game because I think Lewis either got hurt or I don't know what they were doing with the cornerback spot. They also put Ballantine out there for a little bit. Uh, 100% completion, 3 for 3, one touchdown, 158.3 passer rating, 15 yards per completion. So that pretty much explains a lot with that. So, again, going back to the debate among Giants fans is whether the Giants should be taking this in a free agency of the draft. Let's lay out the options and the top options, and I will reveal my four favorites from free agency. You have Patrick Peterson, he's 31. Richard Sherman, he's 33. Josh Norman, he's 34. Same with Jason McCourty. Brian Poole, he's 29. DJ Hayden, he's 31. AJ Boye, he's 30. Mackenzie Alexander, 28. And Kevin Johnson, 29. The problem with this top-tier class of free agents is that they're older. You know, if we were a winning franchise, if we were like the Chiefs or something, you have, you can afford to take on one of these guys. If you're the Giants, you can't necessarily. Why can't you? Because you're looking for a long-term solution. If you're building for the future, you have to take on a long-term solution. My four favorites. Michael Davis, he's 26 years old. He has played well for the Chargers in the past. Um, he's coming off his rookie contract. I don't know if they're going to re-sign him, franchise tag him, whatnot. That would probably cost more than it would to re-sign him to a lengthier contract. Um, he's not a he's not an elite corner, but he's a solid corner at the cornerback two position. Um, I think he can play some slot as well. Desmond King, he was a Charger, but was traded to the Titans. Uh, he's also a contributor on special teams. Again, another solid option. Both are 26 years old. Same with the next one, Gary and Conley. And there's context to this as well as the next one, Ronald Darby, 27 years old. You have to take into account. And I learned this early on in the year with different sort of aspects. Ronald Darby, right? The Giants fans, including myself, wanted him in the 2019 offseason. Going into 2019, we said, you know what? We need a corner. We need to go get Ronald Darby. We ended up with DeAndre Baker, but that's not the point right now. Darby, re-signed with the Eagles, played horribly that year. Injury plague, defense, you know, all sorts of problems all over the field. They weren't horrible because they won the division that year, but they were not a top-tier defense, you know. Every year, it's the wide receivers, the cornerbacks injured for the Philadelphia Eagles. And Darby was a downfall in that defense. He was one of the uh, probably worst corners in the league at that point because he played on a bad defense, injury plague. And some context to the Pierre Desir situation. Now, a lot of Jets fans like to say, oh, he's terrible. Listen, he played terrible with the Jets. He played terrible with Colts in 2019. Why is that? Because Pierre Desir, and I don't remember the first corner they had. Um, the cornerback won for the Indianapolis Colts in 2018. It could have been Desir. I could be wrong. 
But I'm pretty sure he was the corner two. Okay. Pretty sure he was the corner two. And um, you notice if a lot of these corners, they don't play well in corner one situations. Because they're not as targeted as much at corner two as they are corner one. Pierre Desir. When they got rid of that corner, and again, I don't remember the name. When they got rid of the corner for the Colts. Again, don't remember his name. Pierre Desir was shifted to a cornerback one spot. He struggled tremendously. Jets ended up signing him. He was the cornerback one of that defense. Tremaine Johnson was the number one, and they cut him for cap space because it was a bad contract. So what did Pierre Desir do? He was terrible. There was no question about it. Zero, zilch, no question about it. Pierre Desir was bad. But look at the situation he was in. Young secondary, uh, Greg Williams doing his thing with the defense. Not necessarily that great because obviously a lot of times he screwed up. Um, but you have to factor in the context too. Now, what does it mean for Ronald Darby? 2019, as I said, he was one of the worst corners in the league. Uh, statistically, allowed a high completion percentage. You move into 2020, who does he sign with? The Washington football team. Who's the defensive coordinator? Jack Del Rio. Who's the coach? Ron Rivera. Both defensive guys. Look at the defense. That's the thing that stood out for the Washington football team this year. It wasn't the offense. It wasn't Dwayne Haskins. It wasn't Alex Smith. It was Jonathan Allen. It was Kendall Fuller. It was, uh, let's go with another name, Chase Young. It was Ryan Kerrigan. It was those guys. Darby played well statistically for them. He was not, oh my God, he's given up like nine touchdowns this year and 700 yards. No. If you look at his statistics on profootballreference.com, they're pretty good. And with him at 27 years old, I'm pretty sure I would take that chance rather than go after Kevin Johnson, Mackenzie Alexander, you know, any other guys. You know, you could make the case, oh, Brian Poole, he's only 29, but he's primarily a slot corner. Let's just, you know, see it was see it as what it is. So, top options in the NFL draft. Um, I will probably preview or foreshadow this going into my plan, because I always have a plan with this stuff. Giants need to take a corner in the first two rounds. Now, there is no... You know, oh, they have to, have to, have to. But it is highly suggested with this position. And I know a lot of Giant fans get PTSD from Amukamara and Eli Apple. But this is a new regime. This is new coaching staff. This is a new general manager from that time. So you look at the top options in the NFL draft. First, probably top 10 picks, top 12 maybe, is Patrick Certain out of Alabama and Virginia Tech's Caleb Farley. A lot of people prefer Farley. Why is that? Because Certain's weakness is speediness with receivers on the deep ball. What did the Giants struggle with last year? They had scrappy corners who could not, you know, cover on the deep ball a lot. As I mentioned with Ryan Lewis, he had those two deep passes thrown on him. Those two teams won the game in those two games. So... Though that is a red flag with Sertain, I don't mind taking him. Caleb Farley, physical corner, don't mind taking him. A lot of people regard him as the best. Meanwhile, though, meaning some people will regard Sertain as the best. Now, J.C. Horn, um, a lot of people like him, but they probably would say he's the third best corner. He's the second best corner. I would not take him at 11. I would take him if the Giants traded down to 20 or something like that. Because a lot of people are, you know, on the train of trading down, getting more picks, whatever. And 
You could trade down with maybe the football team. I don't think they'll trade with the rival. Or you could trade down with the Bears. If the Bears do not get Wentz and they select the quarterback in the draft, they'll want to trade up. They'll want to get like maybe a Mac Jones or a Trey Lance or what's the other guy's name? Kyle Trask. Maybe they'll get one of those guys in the first round. I don't know. Maybe they'll want to. We don't know yet. But it obviously depends on the Carson Wentz situation. And that's where I would take J.C. Horn. Probably 20th pick-ish. If Rashad Bateman is off the board. Now you could also say, oh, if Bateman is on the board, you could also take Horn, but uh, vice versa as well. And with this wide receiver thing, a lot of Giant fans are, I would say, closed-minded when it comes to this wide receiver thing. You got to get a first-round wide receiver. You got to get this. You know, uh, a lot of Giant fans obviously want Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson. They would not be bad options, but are the Giants in a position to go ahead and pay them how much money, A, and B, in the situation where you'd probably have to let go both Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson. That's the thing that Giant fans need to think about. And it's a lot of irrational Giant fans. Not the rational ones that say, okay, we might get Corey Davis or Curtis Samuel. Now, with that, obviously I'll lay it out later. Now you go in the second round. Let's just say the Giants take a wide receiver in the first round. Maybe they take something else. I don't know. Uh, in the second round, Tyson Campbell from Georgia and Aaron Robinson from Central Florida. I would not mind taking them. As I said, I would highly prefer the Giants take a corner within the first two rounds. Uh, questions. So these are the questions that the Giants have to answer for themselves going into free agency in the draft. Obviously, you have to live off. Uh, this goes for all draft picks, but you have to live off if a corner opted out their 2019 tape. And... You know, when you're deciding about your own guys like Bradbury or Donnie Holmes or Julian Love, you have to take into account, you have to go off last year. You can't just say, oh, we got to bring them in again for a workout. That does not happen in the NFL. You have to make your decisions off of last season and hope it works. So here are the questions that the Giants have to ask themselves. Is Donnie Holmes the answer at the slot corner position? I would say yes. Um, at the same time, I would not be surprised if they brung in somebody to try to compete with him, whether it be a low-risk free agent or something like that, or an undrafted free agent, whatever. But um, I think Holmes will continue to get better. I think Joe Judge needs to do that drill with him about the tennis balls, where he tapes the tennis balls to his hands. Uh, that goes for all defensive backs. But Donnie Holmes did have some penalties last season when holding and interfering passes in the secondary. That was one of his issues. That's an issue you'll have with cornerbacks. That's no doubt. But I do think that... The Giants should hold on to Holmes, A, and B, he's going to be a second-year player next year, so he'll probably be, you know, further into his growth. Second question, how do the Giants feel about Julian Love at cornerback two? Now, a lot of people say that he can, you know, only do nickel and dime packages at the cornerback two. He convinced me a little more that he could play corner in the Dallas game week 17 because he covered Amari Cooper well, and he also covered uh, Michael Gallup well. He didn't cover much of C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb was more in the slot. Donnie Holmes had um, him most of the time. But my point is, if you have a corner like that on the roster, take a chance with him. See what you got. And, you know, even if the Giants keep Julian Love, I don't mind drafting a cornerback. You know? Seriously. And number three, how much do the Giants prioritize the cornerback two spot in the free agency period in the NFL draft? It depends. It's a question they're going to have to answer. Because in any organization, you would put your guys first before going to any free agents. Are you going to sign this guy? Are you going to sign that guy? That's Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson this year. Both probably going to be asking for you know a high salary. Leonard Williams coming off last year, he's going to want at least $20 million. 
If not 19 million, 18 million, whatever. Dalvin Thomason, there were reports coming out that um, he's going to be wanting north of $10 million a year. In that case, bye-bye. I love Dalvin Tomlinson, but when you mean hometown discount, I'm thinking $6 million to $9 million a year. I'm not thinking $10 million, $12 million, $14 million a year. I mean, that's not a hometown discount. That's more like, you know, seeing what you are. And he's replaceable. I will get into that in another episode when I'm talking about the defensive line. I will Trust me, I will get into that. Another episode when we talk about the defensive line, how the Giants take with, you know, Leonard Williams and Dalvin Thompson going to free agency. But that's not the point right now. The Giants will have to do that. And if they have leftover money from those two guys or whatever, you know, you pick one, you uh, walk one, whatever, they will have to see, do we prioritize a playmaker in free agency or do we prioritize a cornerback to finish off the defensive free agency? That's something they're going to have to really consider. So here, let's go into my plan. Uh, You have to make the decision on who you want to compete for the depth corner spots. Every year, NFL teams sign undrafted free agents. They'll sign scrappy corners just to compete for the preseason. That's the NFL. That's the, you know, any league in a nutshell. Competing in a preseason just to see if they get a spot and if they play well. In the vanilla offense defense, of course. Um, But you can't have like 13 corners going into camp. You can't have 13 corners going into free agency. You can't do that. You have to get rid of, you know, some. Even if their, you know, salary is not too much. Even if their salary is, you know, not that great in terms of you know managing it if it's too much too little whatever so in that case i would cut isaac yadam not because i didn't like his play last year and he got better towards the end of the season but i don't think keeping him around possibly if the giants draft a cornerback i don't think keeping him around for two million dollars in a um for the uh the cap hit i don't think that's worthy enough when you have Ryan Lewis, who's less. When you have Darnay Holmes, who's less. When you have these future contract guys like Jaron Williams and Quincy Wilson, who are less. I think you could do a much better job and go out and sign an undrafted free agent who will give you more production than Isaac Yadam. Nothing against him. I would love to keep him. You know, as a depth cornerback. Not a cornerback too. As a depth cornerback. But at the same time, if you can make money, but at the same time, if you can make cuts, and if you could save money, to resign Williams or Tomlinson or both, I would do that. There you go, cutting Isaac Yadam. And next step, prioritize Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson free agency. Then you probably would go with offensive needs. As I said, um, it's a tough call for me regarding you know after the Tomlinson and Williams contracts what I would do. But most likely, the Giants in that case would end up with the corner. Most likely. And I would not do what I would do with a wide receiver. You know, if the Giants sign Corey Davis or Curtis Samuel, I would double up with wide receiver, to be honest with you. You could say, oh, Darius Slayton, Austin Mack, uh, Sterling Shepard, and Dante Pettis. Yeah, but one of those guys could probably cut. Austin Mack or Dante Pettis. Has to be one of them. For a better receiver, for better playmakers. But my point is, is that I would not do that with corner. Julian Love, you invested a fourth-round pick in him how many years ago? You got James Bradbury, Donnie Holmes, a growing product. Um, probably keep a depth corner slash special teamer around. So, in that case, I would not double up on corner. And in that case, I'd probably go with a corner in free agency. I would say playmaker, but Corey Davis, he's probably commanding around $8 million a year. With Curtis Samuel, probably about 10 to $13 million. The Giants cannot afford to pay that right now. At least I don't think so. 
So you're probably going to end up with a Michael Davis, Gary and Conley, one of those four options I presented. I would probably sign one of those four, you know, to be the cornerback too. And as I said, I would not double up on corner in the NFL draft. Now, obviously, as I said, if the Giants have money, sign Davis or King, one of the four options. Drafting a corner in the NFL draft, I would only do this in high rounds if the Giants don't get a corner in free agency. One of those low-risk corners, you know, Davis, King, as I said, the four options I'm obsessed with this episode. That's what I'm talking about. Um, if one of those three wideouts are on the board, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, and uh, Jamar Chase, I would take one of them. And maybe take Tyson uh, Campbell or Aaron Robinson in the second round. Now, in certain cases, I will take Pat Sertain or Caleb Farley over Jalen Waddell. When I'm talking about doubling up on wide receivers, I would do that in cases of taking a corner in the first round. Because I don't think, and I wouldn't be against it if the Giants took one in free agency and first round of the draft. It obviously depends who it is. But my point there is that, you know, finish off the corner position. Finish off taking the corner, you know, in the first round of the draft. Because you have more impressive options, in my opinion, in wide receiver than cornerback in the later rounds. With wide receiver, you got Amara St. Brown. You have Terrence Marshall. You have, uh, what's the other one? Tamorian Terry. You have a lot of those guys in the later rounds. And you can afford to do that. You know, it's not going to be all oh, this much money. No, this is the draft. You can afford to do that. It just depends on talent and coaching. So in that case, if the Giants took Curtis Samuel or Corey Davis in free agency, I would take Pat Sertain or Caleb Farley. That would be... Obviously, depending on free agency, that would be my strategy. Take Terrence Marshall, Amara St. Brown in the second round, maybe Timorian Terry in the later rounds. But I would definitely, in my opinion, prioritize playmaker within the first three rounds because the Giants cannot go out there in free agency in the draft without a print, without a playmaker. And if they don't prioritize wide receiver or tight end or whatever playmaker means to their minds, well, some heads will be rolling and Dave Gettleman might be fired and Giants fans will go ecstatic. So uh, that is pretty much the end of the episode. Thank you guys for supporting. Thank you guys for subscribing. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, currently still building it as we go. 107 subscribers going up. Thank you guys for over 100 as well. Um, thank you guys for the Twitter following, Instagram following. I appreciate that. I'm probably going to start a Patreon soon. Uh, maybe I'll do a giveaway or something else like that. Thank you guys. And we will see you on Tuesday. As I said, no episode on Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week. And we'll see you on Tuesday with Jules from Giants Brawl.